Pushkin. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing. They turn to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. The major focus is in leveraging them as therapeutics. In other words, to treat various disorders, mainly psychiatric disorders, like various forms of addiction, um, like depression, like helping cancer and other serious illness patients. According to the National Institutes of Health, mental health disorders account for several of the top causes of disability across the United States. About six out of every 100 people will have PTSD at some point in their lives. That's about 15 million adults during a given year. Over one quarter of all Americans, over 18, suffer from a diagnosable mental illness. The antidepressants we have now are somewhat safer than the ones going back to the 1950s, but they work on the same basic mechanisms of taking a, a drug daily and it augmenting the amount of serotonin Matthew Johnson is a professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Johns Hopkins University. With so many suffering, he thinks it's urgent to expand the tools we use for treatment. The potential approval of psychedelic drugs, you know, this could happen in a few years. And I think this has the potential to really be a paradigm shift in mental health treatment. Psychedelics are reality altering drugs with names like Molly, Ecstasy, Mescaline, LSD, psilocybin, and they're all classified as Schedule One drugs, government defined as having no accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. But Johnson's team is working to change that. A significant leap in understanding the human mind is possible with psychedelics, and we can use that to help solve addiction. You are a doctor, you're a scientist. Can you tell me about your first personal experience with psychedelics? Sure. Well, I'll tell you something about that. 
Um, That's fine. You don't, have to, I, you don't have to be too detailed. <laughs> so you get a little bit of the politician's answer with, with, with this question. Yeah, it's a sensitive field because, you know, these are illegal drugs. And so, you know, a lot of people are curious if you've done psychedelics yourself. And mm-hmm. the, the sensitivity in this area is if you'd said, sure, I had some experiences back when I was younger. And, and you say something about that. And a whole lot of folks out there will say, man, you're you're biased. We can't trust this guy. Yep. You're a promoter. Okay, now let's uh, let's explore the 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 opposite. Let's say you know it's always been a, a subject of interest, but no, I've never taken them. I didn't want to do them for whatever reason. A whole other swath of folks would say, "Oh my word, how dare you give these things to people and have mm. no idea about the profound effects they like? This is unethical. How dare you get into this?" So it's kind of a like a, a, a no win situation. But I will say, I became fascinated with psychedelics when I was. In my late teens, early 20s, learning the cultural history of these compounds in our, in our, in our society going back to the 60s and then also the ancient you know, sacramental use by various indigenous peoples, but, mm-hmm. but also the academic history, the earlier era of research in, from the 50s through the 70s. It's hard to find a more cross-disciplinary topic that just you couldn't make up the crazy history behind psychedelics in our culture and all the twists and turns with it and the profound effects they have on the mind and the idea that some molecule does this in the brain and just Mm -hmm. from chemistry to pharmacology to sociology it's just it's always fascinated me for listeners who don't know what psychedelics are can you break down what is a psychedelic a lot of folks will say a, a psychedelic properly only refers to compounds like lsd and psilocybin, which is in magic mushrooms, or mescaline, which is in peyote, or, or DMT, which is in ayahuasca. Those are all classic psychedelics. And, and they, they're in the same pharmacological class, meaning they have their primary effects by activating one particular subtype of serotonin receptor, serotonin 2A. Now you have other compounds that we also broadly call psychedelic, like MDMA, or folks call molly or ecstasy, ketamine or PCP, but broadly speaking, the thing that makes all of these compounds a psychedelic is that compared to other drug classes, they have a profound effect on one's sense of reality, including one's sense of self. And so, you know, you could have a drug like cocaine that has a powerful effect on the mind, but one's basic conception of reality is typically held intact. And the same thing with all, you go down the line, alcohol, the opioids, other sedatives, but psychedelics have this profound reality shifting aspect to them. As you were describing that, something that I've thought about is like, I'm, I've been going to church all my life and I've, the, I've had spiritual experiences at church. Like I, there's definitely feelings that I felt at church that have uh, probably could be considered similar. But I think for most people who've tried psychedelics, it's hard to put those experiences into words. I think besides church, the only other time I hear people talk about having religious experiences is at sporting events. And they always describe it as they're having a uh, religious experience. Um, So are there some common effects or reactions that people you've worked with have reported feeling? People express it in different ways, but this overall sense of unity is part of this mystical experience. Mm-hmm. the dissolving of the sense of self and, and feeling that you're just one with the universe, the world, with God, whatever your vocabulary is. 
other aspects of a mystical experience are having a sense of timelessness and spacelessness. Like one has stepped beyond the bounds of time and space, like, you know, being in the ever-present now, the past and the future just are seen as just sort of illusions. And it's all, you know, it's all about right now. And, and, and then there's other aspects um, such as a sense of paradoxicality, this idea that you know, people are moving outside of this sort of linear way of thinking that one could hold mutually exclusive ideas at the same time. The universe and world is completely full, but it is a, a, an, a ultimately all an emptiness um, at the same time. These types of counterintuitive concepts. People often say this is beyond words, even when they do a decent job trying to describe it, they'll say, they haven't even scratched the surface. And oftentimes people get frustrated because as they start to describe it, they just, they want to let you know, like whatever they're saying is just, it's falling so short. It's almost embarrassing. Can you describe a session and, and how it works? Sure. First there's screening because we do know there's certain people that could be harmed, mainly folks that have either a history or an identifiable predisposition for disorders like schizophrenia or, or, um, the manic side of bipolar disorder. And so there's that screening and also people at, at more severe levels of, of heart disease because it can raise your blood pressure somewhat, for example. And then you prepare the person. And this can be anywhere from four to eight hours across um, several sessions, depending on the study, but something in the, on the order of four to eight hours where you have this discussion with two people or with, we often call them guides. They're um, uh, sometimes, depending on the study, they're, they're therapists a major point is to develop that rapport, that trusting relationship that ultimately you would want from any psychotherapist. Um, it's all done better if you have that that trust for that person. Discussing the person's life, their childhood, their their, their whatever they do, whether it's a career, or a job, you know, what's meaningful to them, and then what are the, you know, what's their worldview? Whether it's religious, whether it's spiritual but not religious, whether it's people that don't endorse any, any of the above, but nonetheless, everyone has some of that high level worldview. If you think the world is just, you know, sort of materialism and, but you nonetheless feel connected to your family and your loved ones and feel part of something, your community, but you also prepare them for the drug experience, which is basically a laundry list of, you could be crying, you could be laughing, you could be terrified. And you, you do have to prepare people, especially for the dark side, for the so-called bad trip, which in our setting, we characterize as a challenging experience because the bad part is really if you do something stupid that gets yourself hurt. Here, again, it might be really difficult. It might be terrifying or it might be you know sad, but oftentimes those experiences people will credit as powerful learning experiences. Like if they go through an experience where they, they feel that they're dying, which sometimes happens, you know, oftentimes people felt like they were able to go through that experience and let go and just trust, let go and be open into that experience and feel like they really learned something from that experience. Like they ran the gauntlet, they faced their demons. And so again, the bad trip isn't necessarily bad. If it's in a safe space, it, you know, it's, it doesn't look like a hospital room. It looks like, you know, like a posh yoga studio. I mean, it looks like, you know, aesthetically pleasing. We want people to feel comfortable and there's a nice rug, there's artwork on the walls. You know, any medical equipment is like tucked underneath, like the end table has a blood pressure machine kind of tucked underneath it. Like we have to take blood pressure during the session. So, but we have them take the capsule. Most of our work has been with psilocybin. We have some light discussion until the effects kick in. How long does it take for the effects to kick in? 
anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour, typically around okay. a half hour is about the average. Why so much of psychedelic research focused on mental health and addiction, uh, specifically on treating those conditions, especially when we see that a lot of people that are using psychedelics recreationally um, aren't necessarily thinking about mental health and addiction in those cases, if you know what I mean. So Absolutely. Why, why, uh, why so much focus on this particular area? Um, we're now seeing people living less long than their parents and grandparents. Why? The data show it's because of substance problems. People are drinking themselves to death and taking you know drugs to death, including, by the way, smoking, which is the biggie out of all and kills more than all the other drugs combined. But it's essentially addiction and it's suicide. And obviously depression being the major contributor to that. So these are all mental health issues. And it's like the need is so great. So the antidepressants we have now are somewhat safer than the ones going back to the 1950s, but they work on the same basic mechanisms of you know, taking a, a drug daily and it augmenting the amount of serotonin. And, and that's an important thing to have. A lot of people's lives have been saved because of the availability of those medications. So um, I'm all about having more tools in the toolbox rather than you know, fewer. So you know, developing psychedelics isn't a replacement for other therapeutics necessarily. We need a lot of help in, in mental health. You know, folks are suffering. We're really at our wits end in terms of mental health treatment. These various addictions are just really intractable. We need to innovate to, to, to solve. So let me ask, I think, I mean, I got a good idea of what the session's like, but can you talk a little bit more? And then you briefly touched a little bit on after, um, talk to me a little bit about how this contributes to your research. Yeah. So after we, we, you know, clinically, you know, to make sure that to maximize the therapeutic benefit, we discuss the experience with the person the day after we have them write something about it, like a few bullet points, you know, on a paper, or it can be like 20 pages and we get everything in between, but write something about it. And, and, and just to bring in the next day and kind of we'll re read it together as a point of discussion. Mm -hmm. These are ways of just kind of, again, processing is the word I use. It's a it, way to psychologically deal with and explore what the session was like. And there's no easy answers in terms of what it, what, what it's, uh means for them. It's not like dream analysis or something like, oh, well, this was your experience. And hopefully people have meaningful experiences where, where they have insights, where they feel empowered to change things in their life that need to be changed. We've done a lot of work helping people quit tobacco smoking. We'll um, not only ask them about that, have you been smoking? How much? If so, but we'll also have them um, blow through a machine, basically a breathalyzer for cigarette smoking to tell us whether we'll get a urine sample to see whether they, that, uh, that picks up on a metabolite of nicotine that also tells us whether they've been smoking. So we can have these data for the scientific literature so we can write up papers and, and say, hey, whether it's working or not. And one of the reasons I was attracted to smoking is because as fascinated as I am about people describing extraordinary experiences that are meaningful to them. Hey, if we really want to talk about helping people, um, ultimately I like to see behavior change. So let's, and biological evidence of it, like here are the data, this person hasn't been smoking. And so, you know, that's evidence that they've, they, they've really done something. Where do you think that this actually goes, um, in the long game? The major focus is in leveraging them as therapeutics. In other words, to treat various disorders, mainly psychiatric disorders, like various forms of addiction, 
um, like depression, like helping you know, cancer and other serious illness patients uh, face death, you know, people who are really debilitated by um, a, a, a cancer diagnosis. That's the major focus. But I think I, I see the, the power of these psychedelics as, as much broader than that. They really are powerful tools to understanding human experience, to understanding the mind, to understanding human behavior. And, and just the leveraging of those to treat disorders is just a, a sub, a very important subcomponent of that. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member, FDIC, copyright 2024. J.P. Morgan, Chase & Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. What's the ultimate goal? Like when, when do you know that you've been successful in therapeutic sessions and in, in the therapeutic benefits to folks? Like at some point, somebody has still has to say yes to using psychedelics in this manner. Right, right. So for the therapeutic use of these compounds, that's very well defined. That's FDA approval for therapeutic use. So all of the research going on right now has been 
research that's been FDA approved. In other words, FDA has approved us to, yes, you can do these studies. But at some point, the FDA will say yes or no, um, you can you know, give these to patients in straight up medical practice. And so mm-hmm. we call that, um, it has to pass phase three trials. That's the lingo. Research using MDMA to treat PTSD is in that phase three process. There's been one very successful looking phase three trial. They need to run one more. And so we may be about two years away if, depending on the data from that second trial, um, and my, I bet it is going to look good um, because the first trial looked very good. It might, we may be two years away from MDMA being approved for the treatment of PTSD. For psilocybin, there's two entities in terms of the, the treatment of depression. There's two entities that are in phase 2B trials. So this is just before phase three. If those trials are successful, we may be somewhere uh, on the order of three to four years away from psilocybin being approved for the treatment of depression. And the work with addiction is probably very close to that. We may be three, four, five years away, again, all depending on the data in those phase three trials of psilocybin being approved for tobacco addiction and alcohol addiction. That has to be pretty exciting to have done some research that is actually shifting the actual classification of drugs that for decades were considered to be, you know, illegal, harmful, uh, and, and, you know, completely classified differently. How do you feel? Is that exciting for you? I, I really love this area that I'm working in because I, I feel like there's the opportunity to have an impact at this time. I mean, so much of science necessarily is incremental. Your work might add to something that adds to the work of others and, you know, a generation or two or three down the road, the big shift happens. But I really think that with the potential approval of psychedelic drugs, which I've helped contribute towards, that you know, this could happen in a few years. And I think this has the potential to really be a paradigm shift in mental health treatment. I think it's a fundamentally different way. It's really getting more at the, at the roots of mental illness than it is just treating symptoms. And so it's just, I feel lucky and so excited and happy to be involved with work that can actually have that type of real world impact in my lifetime. Can you talk a little bit about some of the actual risks that uh, using psychedelics, whether therapeutically or recreationally, can cause to a person? Right. We, we know a lot about the, the risks. Certain people uh, have a susceptibility to disorders like schizophrenia. Uh, those people can be destabilized the same way a, a traumatic life event can destabilize those people and, and either trigger or make their symptoms worse. There's also for anyone taking uh, these drugs at a high enough dose, there's the so-called bad trip, which in a, a recreational or an unsafe environment, it, it's pretty rare, admittedly, but sometimes it leads to people getting harmed. I mean, it's kind of like not wearing your seatbelt. Most any one given day of not wearing your seatbelt, you'll probably be fine. But if you step back and look at the big picture, yeah, it's pretty clear. There's a definitely risk of not wearing your seatbelt. So sometimes people do things to get themselves hurt. They wander into traffic. They freak out. They, you know, they fall from a height. And sometimes, you know, a lot is made out of those. They're pretty rare, but they can happen. So those are real risks. People at severe heart disease, it, it, it can trigger a reaction because it psilocybin raises the blood pressure and certainly MDMA even more so raise the blood pressure and pulse. So that could be a, a problem for some people, even though psilocybin itself for most people is, is, is very safe at the physiological level. There's no known lethal overdose 
So those are the major risks, but importantly, we have a way to address them all in research and clinical use through screening, through preparation and monitoring. Because of these risks, I certainly don't encourage anyone to use these on their own. If listeners want to learn more about psychedelic treatment or how they can support research into psychedelics, what can they do? They can find out more about our research at hopkinspsychedelic.org. If you're looking for psilocybin research, uh, you can find our studies that are posted there. You can also search for studies on uh, clinicaltrials.gov, really across the U.S. and the world for other sites that are conducting research with psychedelics. If you want to learn about some of the work that with MDMA that I mentioned, you can go to maps.org. So yeah, hopefully that's helped the people. Dr. Matt Johnson, this has been a great conversation. I thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Ronald. I really enjoyed it. Matthew Johnson is a professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Johns Hopkins University. Be sure to check out our show notes to find links to the resources Matthew mentioned in this episode. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Research by David Ja. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias. And our executive producer is Mia LaBelle. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 